What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Chalk Talk Nation for our weekly podcast. I'm Rob. Join with me today is my new good friend, EJ, a.k.a. Nashville Preds 35. Love, gotta love the username, Big Nashville Preds guy. What is up, Kyle Baseball 50? How are we doing? Um, First and foremost, I want to thank you all for tuning back in. Uh, Noah is not going to be on the podcast today. He had some um, health issues going on, but he is, he'll be fine. Um, But we got EJ as the guest host today, and we are going to be giving our top 10 current third basemen in Major League Baseball. It's going to be exciting. I think you guys are going to be a little bit of a little bit shocked and whatnot. I think it's going to be interesting. And Kyle, I got you. I will get you here pretty soon. But uh, you guys might be like, whoa, whoa, Rob, pulling out the blazer. I see. I'm like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> pulling out the blazer, pulling out this hat I got like at an Irish festival. You know, we're just here to have a good time. We're not. We're here for a good time, not a long time. But uh, EJ, I'll let you take the floor. Uh, introduce yourself to the viewers. Hey, guys. Uh, so my name is EJ. I am a Milwaukee Brewers fan. Um, and I've been streaming for about a month and a half. Um, I met Rob, I, I rated his channel actually, and, um, kind of been, been chatting ever since got a Snapchat. So things are getting pretty serious. Pretty serious. Between um, us. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just big sports and not love natural predators, obviously. Um, but play, play mostly MLB the show. So, um, that's kind of baseball. Baseball is the best sport. So, um, so gotta love that. So. I'm just just fortunate to be here and uh, and, uh, and hope to uh, clear things up with uh, who the third basemen are. <laughs> yeah, and it's not it's not Keston Hero, not Keston Hero. Yeah. Uh, EJ gave gives me a lot of crap about not having Keston Hero in my top ten for second baseman, and I think it's really funny because you know I I did mess up. I'm gonna come clean. I did mess up. He should have been in my top ten, and uh, I honestly just forgot about him. I didn't realize how good of a year he had, and that's on me. But, uh, but yeah, so EJ, he's a Brewers fan, and he's actually up kind of close to where my dad lives, which is kind of ironic, which is kind of cool. And uh, I know yeah. Boxberger season, he is from Waukesha. Oh, and, very uh, cool. Okay. Yeah, from Waukesha. So we, it's just a, it's a very it's a small world, as you could say, even Absolutely. though it seems like it is a big world. But um, the Twitch community has been amazing. Guys, be sure to check out Preds, uh, his, his Twitter, if you want to plug your Twitter in and your uh, Twitch real quick. Uh, yeah. Making me do some work here. <laughs> well, you could say it on the thing too if you want. Oh yeah, I guess um, uh, Twitter is uh, Nashville Preds six, and um, Twitch is Nashville Predators thirty five. Let me just I'll link it real quick just in case I got those wrong. I should probably know my social media. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Absolutely. I guess if. What's up, Nate? How's it going, Nate? Can you can you plug my stuff for me so I can do professional things here? <laughs> but uh, for everyone who's going to redeem points, if you're going to get a shout out on social media, we'll be sure to do that after the podcast. We're not going to do it right now because we are going to give our top ten. But uh, yeah. I do want to say this is a very subjective list. Um, I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible though when I give mine. I hope everyone understands. And let us know in the chat if you're listening live. If you agree, you disagree. Uh, Noah is going to be in the chat. He's going to be writing down. Uh, each uh, name that's named off, like so, number ten for EJ, and then number ten for me. So uh, just be sure to check that out. But I think we should just kind of dive right in. EJ, do you want to get things started with who your number ten is? Sure. Um, I'm actually going to mix things up. I've got a number eleven, 
And that number 11 is Keston Hira. Um, I just wanted to talk about him for like a minute, uh, just about why you were wrong to not have him. Um, so Keston Hira last season had a 938 OPS with a 138 OPS plus. In just over 300 plate appearances, he had was worth two war, and that's including his fielding issues. He had uh, nine steals, so he could be a 20 steals guy with a full season, and he had 19 home runs. So you'd think if you if you bring things out to about 600 plate appearances, which is about a full-time player, he could be 35 home runs, 100 RBIs, 20 steals. Uh, I think he's one of the best second basemen in the in the game. Um, maybe not fielding, but definitely hitting. Um, and I am shocked, but mostly disappointed by your misstep to not include him in your top 10. Dang. Well, I thought I was able to escape it and bring a little uh, light to it. Obviously, I was wrong. <laughs> but uh, who's your number 10 now? Um, I have got Rafael Devers as my number 10. Um, so I, I think the question is, he had an incredible season last season, but was last season sustainable for him? Yeah. Um, he, he got a little bit better defensively. That's still kind of a weakness for him. He dropped his strikeout rate by about 8%, which is a lot in one season. Um, and his uh, batting average went from 240 to 311. And WRC Plus went from 90 to 132. So those are basically going from above, below average numbers to very much above average numbers. His BABIP made a big jump up 60 points, which I think that's a question is, did he just get really lucky last year? Or is this the Rafael Devers that he's going to be? Um, his slugging percentage went up uh, 120 points, which is astronomical um, for one season. I think uh, if we're looking at next season's production, I think losing Mookie Betts is a – I mean, Mookie Betts gets on base and Rafael Devers hits him in. Um, so I think his RBIs and uh, possibly runs uh, will take a bit of a dip this year. He was worth about five war last year, so um, definitely in the all-star range. Um, his OPS went from nine from 731 in 2018 to 916 in 2019. So um, basically, what you're seeing is a guy that took had just had a huge breakout season, um, and he was hyped as a, one of the top prospects in the game. Um, so this is what people expected. Um, but you always ask the question when you see this kind of jump: is this is this sustainable? I think probably his likely numbers will be a little bit below this, uh, but he's still probably an all-star player. Um, and a the core of the Red Sox lineup. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting you said that without Mookie Betts. It is going to be interesting to see how many RBIs he has and stuff like that with his weighted runs created plus as well. Um, but I don't hate that. I don't hate that. And, you know, you could kind of say the same thing about Tim Anderson for last week's podcast. You know, he, can't, he kind of came out of nowhere. It's like, is he going to be able to, um, you know, provide the same – offensive support that he did in 2019 you know that's a big question that's why i didn't have him in my top 10 but i like i like devers there i like devers there um i actually have jeff mcneil as my number 10 i got jeff mcneil as my number 10 and he has the same ops 916 back in 2019 this guy has only been in the league for two years and he's entering his his age 28 season so he still has a couple years left before he hits his prime and you know i, I kind of said this before you know, he could be kind of like a late bloomer, kind of like Whit Merrifield in a way. Um, you know, he didn't really display a whole lot of pop in his bat, per se, when he came up in the league. He was known for singles, and he really kind of shut the shut the haters down real quick. Hit 23 bombs, uh, 38 doubles, and his slugging percentage was 539, or 531. Um, and, I mean, he still hit over 300. So, and we kind of have a two-year sample sample size here, and I like him as my number 10. I think he has... 
plenty of room to keep growing. But yeah, he's my number ten. Absolutely, I think that's a that's a good pick for sure. So, who's your number nine? Um, so this, I, this is one of the guys that when we've been chatting uh, pre um, going live, um, kind of one of the guys that um, he, he could be a lot higher. Uh, I have Jose Ramirez as my number nine. Wow. Um, okay. I think the the question is, what Ramirez is we going to get? Um, he the previous three seasons before last season, he was a top three MVP guy. Um, the first se- half of last year, he I dropped him on a fantasy team. He was terrible. I think his OPS was in the low 600s. Um, the, the Indians were not doing anything. Um, that one thing that worries me is he was not having bad luck um, last year. His uh, BABIP was actually higher last year than it was in 2018, so it's not like he was getting unlucky. Um, and so that, that kind of worries me. Uh, he can be above average defensively, but he's pretty much an average um, defensive third baseman. Um his, he picked it up in the second half of last year, um, but his he finished OPS around 800, which is good-ish, but not really. That's a pretty pretty average player, not someone I'd put on this uh, the top 10 list. Um, it was it had been in the, the mid 900s, which is uh, what you'd expect to see with some of these guys. Um, he's worth about 3.3 WAR last year, which is a starting caliber player, but maybe not worthy of being on this list. So I think. The, do I think he's probably going to be better than last year? I'd hope so, um, because that's who the, the Jose Ramirez we know is a guy that's going to finish top three um, in the MVP voting. Um, his WRC plus last year is 104. So, I mean, basically everything about last year just screams average, uh, which is <laughs> was shocking for everyone to see um, after his fantastic 2016, 2017, 2018, the breakouts that he had. Um, so he's a good steals guy, so he'll he'll help you out in that. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think if he, if, if it's the Ramirez that we know, he'll shoot back up this list. He'll be a, he'll be a top, top three third baseman, I think. Um, but there's just too much risk for me right now in, in figuring out why he had those issues, um, in the first half of last year, um, because great players don't do that poorly in half of the season. I mean, it's, you just don't see it that much. Yeah, yeah, the thing with Jose Ramirez, too, is even when he had his MVP-type years, he's always started out slow. I mean, he's always about, you know, maybe one for 35, one for 40 to start out the season. It's always been like that, and what really didn't help him was the fact that he did get injured. You know, it was really hard to come back from that. He did have a tremendous second half, but even like you said, you look at his second-half numbers or something like that when he came back. I mean, he still finished the season at 806. That just shows you how bad his first half really was. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I I I could I definitely see where you're coming from from on that one. Uh my number 9 is Eugenio Suarez actually. Okay. Um Eugenio Suarez, we know he had an absolute monster year last year at the plate, 49 home runs. Uh he hit 271. Uh he he scored 87 times, 103 RBIs and just a stupid OPS plus of 134. So that's 34 points above the average uh, third baseman in that regard. Uh, You're talking MVP elite OPS, 930. Um, But, I mean, his war was 3.9, so kind of like what you said. I mean, he's just a little bit average, more than average for a decent starter at third. Uh, The thing is, though, with with me is he's just – he just really came out of nowhere, and JVP is a very friendly uh, hitter ballpark, and I don't have his splits per se, but I know he hit a majority of his home runs at JVP, and um, it's just too early for me to to, to move him up in my list. Um, I love yeah. the guy to death, and you know we got him basically for nothing. We traded him for mm-hmm. Alfredo yeah. Simon, 
and then Afraid of Sight yeah. we ended up getting back to. So yeah. Um, but I mean, in in 2019, he actually uh, led all of the major leagues in strikeouts with 189. And yeah. so. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how he does in 2020 if there is a season. I know they were talking about uh, doing 100 games and three 10 team divisions, but uh, I would love to see how he does as he really starts to enter his prime. Because I mean he was he's he's an all star back in 2018 um, and stuff like that. But I mean we'll see we'll see. But that's my number nine. I think that's a, a great pick and a great transition to my number eight, Eugenio Suarez. There we go. Um, this dude absolutely mashes the baseball. Yeah. Um, he is an average defender, but he just he's, he led the MLB in strikeouts last year. Um, is, uh, I mean that's that's I think what he's just a um, three outcomes type of guy. Um, I think the the better lineup this year will help. They're getting Mustakas. Um, and his, That's I mean, true. I think one, one question I had with him is he had 103 RBIs, but 49 homers, um, which if you're, you're seeing 50 home runs, um, you'd expect to see a little bit more than 103 RBIs or 103 RBIs is great. But I mean, that's, I that's mean, insane to think about. It, it is. I mean, it's, if you, everyone is a solo home run, which it, it's obviously not, then that's saying that half of your RBIs just came from those home runs. So you'd, you'd expect to see a little bit more uh, with those type of numbers, maybe 20, 15, 20 more. He's a mid, uh, like you said, mid one, 130s WRC plus and also a mid 130s OPS plus. Um, his uh, batting averages have been pretty consistent in the 270s, so um, he's a, pr- a productive uh, hitter. He had a big jump in his OPS last year by over 35 points, so I think that's the one of the questions is, uh, was that a bit of a fluke? His BABIP went slightly down last season, but he has proven to be a three, about a mid three twenties BABIP guy. So um, it's it's not like he was getting extremely lucky. He's a bit one dimensional, as I as I brought up. Um, I think one of the questions is, did he sell out a little bit for power last year, and that's why strikeouts just went through the roof. I mean, he was he was a kind of strikeout heavy guy before, um, but not a lead the MLB in strikeouts yeah, kind of guy. Crazy, yeah. Exactly. So um, his batting average and OBP went slightly down, which I think would uh, lead you to believe maybe he uh, sold out a little bit for power. Um, but so anyone that hits 49 home runs and is at least an average uh, defender is one of the best third basemen in the league. Well, it's also hard too not to sell for power because I mean you're playing 81 home games at GVP. It's exactly one of the top three hitter friendliest ballparks. Um, mm-hmm. You know they built right field basically for King Griffey as Noah would say. So um that's the interesting part but no I love that I love that pick too. I think we're right there in the same boat. Uh Suarez will be interesting to see how he does too because maybe teams will have even a better scouting report, you know, go after the weakness yeah. cuz they know he's a free swinger 189 strikeouts last year. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see but then I I still think you will see a spike in the RBIs cuz you have Mustakas, yeah. you know, you have a second year in Nixon's Castellanos. Castellanos. Yeah, there's going to be yeah. a lot of weapons in that offensive lineup. Uh my number my number 8 is Rafael Devers. So, uh Rafael Devers as you mentioned before, uh you know, he really broke out. I mean, 916 OPS, just crazy jump. And that's the thing too. Just like what I mentioned with Anderson, how is he going to be? You know, how are teams going to pick up on him and, you know, attack his weaknesses and whatnot? But also you have to realize, you know, he's a solid lefty bat, lefty bat for a third baseman there. And he's only 22, 23 years old. And he actually led all of Major League Baseball with 54 doubles last year. 
Um, so that really helped out with his slugging percentage. I think that's where you just see the the crazy leap, 30 more doubles uh, than in 2018. Yeah. Granted, he did play 35 more games, but still getting extra base hits like that and still being able to uh, be elite, that's pretty pretty impressive. Like you said, the war, I mean, 4.9, that's not bad. It's not bad at all. Um, yeah. I expect him to get a little bit better, hopefully, throughout the course of the next couple years. Uh, he still has a lot of growth left, and it was hard for me to put him anywhere else past eighth for me yeah i think that's definitely uh definitely um definitely a great point uh i think this is where things get a little spicy i don't Ooh, know if we've got a little spice uh, action huh okay <laughs> i don't know if uh we've got nick in the chat but my number seven is chris bryant um mm. i think he's a he's a good batter but a bit of a liability defensively his health has been an issue he played 102 games um two seasons ago and 147 games this past season um so last season uh, might have been uh, just taking a little bit more time off uh, he's he's not he's not a, a rookie anymore but he still should be in his prime but yeah no 150 game seasons since 2017 so ops is around 900 which is very good but we're we're not talking about the elite elite ops's that we're seeing with some of the guys that are going to be above him so he also strikes out a lot just like suarez um, his batting average will be guaranteed 270s, 280s. So um, productive. Uh, he's not. He's not 240s type of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, OPS plus is in the 120s every year, um, but he, he'll he'll reach up into 130s too. So so pretty good there. But like I said, the reason I don't have higher is he's he's some of the guys above him. OPS pluses are 150. Um, so I think the question is is was was his MVP season in 2017 were those his best years or is he capable of doing that every year and he's just gotten a bit unlucky with some health um, the the Cubs lineup kind of declining is not helping him anytime you've got Jason Hayward in your lineup that kind of sucks for you um, <laughs> it does uh, it really I, does I think you'd like if if you're going to move him up uh, I think you'd like to see a couple bit more a couple more seasons like his uh, 2016 2017 seasons those are just they're not close enough in my mind um, where I'm willing to put him ahead of some of the guys above him because I don't know if he's got that upside anymore I mean we know what he was like as a prospect um, but he just he hasn't been that top third baseman for me um, recently um his low rbis totals he's about 30 home runs very high babip as well um in the 330s 340s um but has proven that's sustainable through it when he was a prospect um and while he's been in the pros as well he's worth negative one defensive or last season um and he only has one season above zero in his career um so i think he's he's a he's a slight uh slight liability defensively um, but he's he's got Javi there, which probably helps a little bit. Um, but yeah, only 3.7 WAR in 2019. Um, so I think he's 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 number seven. I, I think that's just where I put him. I I, I think he's a he's a great player, but um, I just I want to see more from him. If I'm being completely honest. Okay. Okay. I don't I don't hate that spot. And the thing is with with Chris Bryant is like um you know he had to play multiple positions too which kind of sucked in like 2018 I believe I don't think he I think he played third most of 2019 but like in 2018 and 2017 I know that he was kind of sporadic like they threw him all over the place left field first base yep. like and that that really does suck I mean you look at Scott Kingery too and he's supposed to be the main guy at third base what's presume presumably their third baseman this year um 
because Kingery even mentioned too, like his offense production, just in general, he just wasn't able to produce the numbers that he he knew he was capable of because he was being utilized in so many various roles. It was so hard for him. I do think it'll be interesting to see how Chris Bryant does. I think he has a really good chance of coming back out. Um, but I guess I'll kind of transition into my number seven. My number seven is Jose Ramirez. Uh, Jose Ramirez, that is my guy. I am a huge Jose Ramirez fan. Um, Jose Ramirez, 3.4 war. He's definitely the definition of average defender, kind of like what you mentioned. Um, Slow start, though. Slow start. You know, he started out like one for like 40, as I mentioned, in last year. Um, last year, and then he, he got injured, but he really bounced back. And for him to actually get to 800 OPS, that's pretty, pretty yeah. amazing. Um, his OPS plus was 106, but it's still still average, like just deadbeat average, maybe below. Um, so I'm not completely sold on that. But this was a guy. I mean, he's a he's a two time All Star. Uh, he finished third in MVP voting in 2018 and 2017. He led all of Major League Baseball with uh, 56 doubles. The dude is just unbelievable. Just raw power, both sides of the plate. I love Jose Ramirez, and I mean, he's still only like 26, 27, and. Um, Dude, I just I I love this guy so much. I I I would love to see his defense get better because he is a bit abysmal in some points. And what hurt too when in twenty eighteen, when they um was it twenty eighteen? Yeah, it was twenty eighteen. When um Donaldson they picked up Donaldson, they moved yeah they moved Ramirez over to second base, and mm-hmm. then he also uh, split time in twenty seventeen when he had the MVP year. He played about half the games at second. And so it'd be kind of interesting to see what the Indians do per se, because didn't they lose another uh, big player to an injury or something like that? I thought they did. Maybe I'm mistaken. I, I, I yeah. I mean, if they did, it was there. There's something wrong with the Indians last year. Clearly, I mean, just the entire team is and, not performing. So yeah, it was just maybe if there's a flu going around or something with them. The but. team's gonna suck for sure. And and. Yeah. I expect his. I don't expect the home runs to decline. I expect his home runs to increase. Actually, I think he's very capable of hitting thirty-five bombs. I mean, yeah. in twenty in twenty eighteen, he was part of the thirty thirty club. Thirty four stolen bags, thirty nine bombs. Yeah. He's he, he's going to get there as long as he stays healthy. Um, but that's why I have him as my number seven. I think yeah, that, we have a lot of the, mm. the similarities there. I did just want to. It's something I forgot to do during my uh, my introduction. I do. My parents are watching Twitch for the first time in their lives. So I just want to give them. <laughs> shout out had to show them how to work uh twitch that's amazing so, um, hello uh yeah just uh this is rob uh, mom and dad so um okay well anyways let's uh continue along number six i actually have jeff mcneil um i i think the, the question for me is where is his position eligibility um he played some second he played some short he mm-hmm. uh i don't know if he played short second third outfield Maybe some catcher, maybe some pitcher in there. I think he was the manager for a couple of games. <laughs> just all um, around. He was just, he was just everybody. Exactly. Um, so uh, he's great offense, uh, pretty average defense. I think the question is, is he a late – well, he is a late bloomer, but is this sustainable? We've seen two pretty good seasons from him, 2018, 2019. He's a high 130s, low 140s WRC plus guy, high average guy with OPS above 850 for both seasons. He's a high Babbitt guy as well. Um, but he's just like uh, Chris Bryant. He's kind of proven that he is, that is, that's what he has a lot. Some guys just have high BABIP. They're just lucky guys overall. He's worth 4.6 war last season. Um, Matt's getting a little bit better. Um, so will that help him as well? Defense is an issue, but it was better in 2018. I think one of the questions I had with it is um, I, I think they like his position versatility. Um, so I'm not sure they're going to stick him at one position. But would that help his defense is getting more more reps and more balls 
at uh, a certain position. I, right. That's, I mean, that's that that is how defense works. Is you're going to be better when you're used to playing one position. Um, he had, uh, uh, yeah, just average, average, pretty average defender. But um, if he if he's able to sustain this, uh, I mean, with him and Pete Alonso and getting um, some some guys back with that team, I think uh, I think he could be very good. And that's why I have him here. Yeah, you're going to see a spike in his numbers for sure. I mean, that Mets lineup is pretty nasty. It really is. And um, I like McNeil, and I think that's where we kind of were separated. I think for me it was just really hard for me to put him up a little bit higher than that. But, like, I think we're both right. Like, we both have reasons why. And for him, like you said, if he could stick to one position, it's he's going to be lethal defensively. And that that's kind of leads into my next guy at number six, which is Chris Bryant. And that's just because, you know, if he if he would stay consistent at third base, if he would stay healthy, you know, I think, he, I mean, he is a dominant force to be reckoned with, in my opinion. Um, you know, 3-7 war, like you mentioned. Um, 903 OPS. He's always going to get that mark around, like you said, 120, 130. And, um, dude, I just, I'm a huge Chris Bryant fan, man. A three-time All-Star. He won the MVP in 2016 and Rookie of the Year in 2015. I remember actually watching his very first game. Because like first play was it was a ground ball to third base. How, how ironic is that, right? And because mm-hmm. uh, um, he was like one of the like most hype rookies coming into Major League Baseball, like almost yeah. as close to Bryce Harper. Because I yeah. remember I don't know if it was the fall league before or if it was spring training, but he literally just like every at bat was like a home run. Spring training, yeah, and that's why training? they had the issue with it is because they held him down for service time, and it's still an ongoing issue with him. Uh, but he was ready. He was he was raking. Poor guy. Um, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poor guy. But yeah, he hasn't played. I mean, a full season really since his MVP year, if you really want to say that. 102 games. Yeah. And uh, 2018, 151 and 2017. Not, I mean, terrible, but still. Yeah. He's missing games because of injuries more. and stuff like that. And then 147 last year. Um, I I would hope the fact that if we do play a 100 game season. I hope that he does play every single game. I don't think there's any reason why he shouldn't unless there's double headers, which I know they're talking about doing, and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I love I love Chris Bryant and he's still about to hit his prime. If he stays healthy, we're talking another MVP type player in my opinion. Okay. That's a hot take. It is a hot I'll take. Put you on freezing cold takes. It's a hot take. <laughs> Ooh, it's getting hot in here. I guess we should go with our top five, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, at number five, I have Josh Donaldson. Um, he had a, a great resurgence last year. Um, was I, I think the question is 2018 was pretty bad. I know he was pretty injured. Wait, who did you um, say? I'm sorry. Is the, oh, sorry, Josh Donaldson. Ah, okay. Um, so I, <laughs> he obviously MVP type player um, in Oakland and in oh. Toronto. Um, yeah, we've got an Oakland fan over here who probably misses him. <laughs> Um, but he, uh, he's 35. Um, so he's not getting any younger. Um, so he, he signed with Minnesota this year. Um, I think, uh, his, his bat obvious play. So I think he's got DH, um, qualities if he, for some reason drops off a cliff defensively, he's slightly above average right now. So I don't really see that happening. Um, I think the twins lineup is probably slightly better than the Braves lineup overall. Um, so I think being in that lineup will just give him a little bit added boost and I think it'll give him some more protection in the lineup so people can't pitch around him um quite as much as they do uh mid to high 300s for Woba WRC plus has been anywhere from 120s to 150s so that's if we're 150s we're talking about 50 percent better than the average MLB yeah uh, which is astronomical 
um, was, was 2018 just a bad year when he was injured and he went between two teams. I think that's to have him number five. I'm, I'm thinking that's, that's a fluke. Um, but I'm also a little pessimistic because he is 35 years old and you usually do not see a lot of 35 year olds, um, play fantastic baseball unless you're Bartolo Colon. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's worth around five war last season, uh, but in his MVP seasons, he's been in the sevens and eights. Um, so I think that is a MVP type numbers. Um, he's probably now a mid two hundreds hitter. Um, so he's not going to hit for average like some of the other guys on this list, but his OPS is around 900 OPS plus right around 125. Um, so I think it's, it's maybe his numbers aren't quite as good. Um, last season as they have been in, in previous years and maybe not as good as some of the other guys on this list. Um, but I, I think uh, in the right situation, um, he could have a couple more seasons or a few more seasons, hopefully, that I'm sure Twins fans are hoping for, of, uh, of very good baseball, maybe um, reaching MVP-like numbers as he was pretty close to hitting last year. Um, but I think like to see a little bit more average from him um, and, uh, but I think, uh, having a little bit more lineup protection will help in there. Yeah, for sure. And Josh Johnson is my number five. I'm just going to kind of go right back into it as well. Uh, great minds Perfect. think alike, exactly. but you, you have to think of this from just not a statistical standpoint, but this is a guy who decided to sign with the Braves on a one year pillow contract, you know, because he knew he had a down 2018 down 2017. Even he, I mean, he won the freaking MVP in 2015 with the, with yeah. the Blue Jays in his age 30, 31 season, which is insane. It was one of the smartest moves that he could have possibly made. He he really yeah. re-solidified his career. And I kept asking myself, why would he not sign back with the Braves? Why would he not sign back with the Braves? And then he signed with the Twins. And I was like, okay, you know what? That makes perfect sense because Nelson Cruz, he's, he's yeah. going to retire here pretty soon. And Donaldson, like you said, he's 35 years old. And he signed a four- to five-year deal, which I like that deal a lot. And I think he's still going to produce offensively. Like I think he's going to be even more dangerous offensively when he does become strictly a DH. And I think that's going to yep. happen in about two years. I think two years you're going to see him be the DH because they have Miguel Sano, who's 24. They moved mm-hmm. him over to first base. Obviously, you can't go wrong with Donaldson at third because Sano is abysmal defensively. <laughs> yeah. And so having Donaldson at third base, just kind of let him hang out there a little bit until Cruz retires, and then boom, there he goes. And then you can still pencil in Eduardo Escobar. Like I mean, they are, there's so much... Um, and this is a team where Donaldson can really see a huge, huge spike in his OPS plus huge. And it's funny too, because, uh, Minnesota is considered a pitcher friendly ballpark, but with the way Donaldson hits gap to gap and stuff like that, especially with the, the guys like Kepler, Polanco right in front of them. And it's just dangerous. Even Mitch Garver now, he's just breaking yeah. out in major league yeah. baseball. It's hard. You, it's hard not to put Josh Donaldson fifth, especially for him to produce like that in his age thirty four, thirty five season, having a six war in twenty nineteen. Yeah. I mean, the dude yeah. is still just absolutely raw. And um, yeah, man, that's that's my that's my number five. That's my number five. What you got? Uh, obviously, great choice right there. Uh, number four, I've got Anthony Rendon. This dude absolutely rakes hmm. uh, above average defenders. He has four top 11 MVP seasons, two s- silver sluggers. Um, he's a high BABIP guy as well. Like I've been saying, uh, if you notice a trend, a lot of these guys are high BABIP guys, but they're also proven high BABIP guys. Yeah. Last three seasons above 900 OPS, all above 300 batting average, mid six to seven war guy, which is, I mean, we, we saw last year he was in the MVP discussion. 
uh, as you would see with four top 11 finishes. Um, so you're, you're starting to creep into that some of that war uh, where you're talking about MVPs. Uh, I think he'll uh, benefit being in between uh, hopefully Trout and Otani. Um, so he'll, he'll have some lineup protection there. I mean, he was hitting right near uh, Soto as well, but no one is better than Mike Trout. So um, anytime that you get to bat with Mike Trout, I think uh, people won't be able to pitch around him quite as much. Um, he still had, um, 126 RBIs last season. So that's, we're starting to see some of those elite numbers. Um, and he's a getting on base King. His Woba is over 400 WRC plus is high. Um, and in 2017, he had Matt Chapman, uh, type defense, uh, but he's only slightly above average last year. So don't know if he just got lucky, maybe, uh, some easy, maybe he had EJ hitting, uh, ground balls to him in 2017. <laughs> Um, but if, if he can get his defense up to, to those type of numbers, I mean, anytime you mentioned in Matt Chapman, uh, level oozer, then, uh, then I think, uh, you're probably a pretty good, uh, pretty good defensive third baseman, but it's, he's pretty much an all around, but very good hitter. So, yeah, I like Rendon a lot. And I think it's important too, to mention like this is the top four, top five. It's very arbitrary. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to have – we might have differences. We're going to have commonalities. I think so far, every single player we've mentioned, we've had the same player like in the top ten, which I think is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. So that's, I that's pretty we'll awesome. finish like that, unless you have some spicy takes in your top four. <laughs> I do. I do, actually. Um, an unbiased opinion. Unbiased. Okay. I have Matt Chapman as my number four. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I know, I know. A lot of people are like, what? <laughs> Rob, the Oakland A's fan, has his number four? Yeah, now hear me out. Now, this is a very objective statement, okay? Matt Chapman is the best defensive third baseman in all of baseball right now. There's there's no doubt about that. He won the Platinum Glove in 2018, back-to-back Gold Glove winners, Gold Glove winner. Um, excuse me, no, he's a two-time Platinum Glove winner. So not only did he win the Gold Glove, but he won the Platinum Glove in 2018 and 2019. Um, so defensively, the dude's an absolute hoss, absolute beast. Uh, he got his um, first first All-Star game this year, and, which makes sense. You know, the dude finally found it uh, offensively, like hitting-wise for home runs, hit for a lot of power. I mean, he hit 36 bombs and whatnot. The thing is, though, it just doesn't hit for average, and I'd still like to see him walk a little bit more. And offensively, he's kind of a free swinger. He's kind of a free swinger. I mean, he's not as clutch as people think he is. Um, and so when I look at this, I try to think like as a whole third baseman, it's hard for me to put him anywhere above um, the other guys basically that I have in front of him. Um, I just mm-hmm. think um, Chapman does have a lot of time. I mean, he's going to enter his 27th year season or his 27 like age season. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, I don't know, man. It's, it's hard for me to put Chapman up there because, I mean, I just need to see it offensively. We know Matt Olson has it, you know, across the diamond at first base, and he's a platinum glove winner. But I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for Matt Chapman to just spark because these other guys are still able to pr- produce very good defensively but just mm-hmm. soar offensively. So that's why Matt Chapman yeah. is my number four. Okay. Well, I think that's a good transition. I have Matt Chapman at number three. Um, as you talked about, he is – I would say arguably the uh, the best uh, defender in baseball, uh, as a platinum glove would uh, suggest. Uh, I think a, he's a in my mind he's definitely an above average uh, batter. I think one when you when you uh, take a bit of a deeper dive with the numbers, his BABIP went from three thirty eight in twenty eighteen to two seventy last year. So when you have a drop of seventy points, uh, it's probably getting pretty unlucky. Um, so that could be where part of the uh, 
the average um, going down, uh, you would see it. Uh, I think the true number is probably somewhere in the middle. 338 is pretty high. 270 is, uh, you see a lot of guys at 270, but if you have someone as skilled as Matt Chapman, um, you would be hoping to to get a, uh, a little bit better. I think one, one thing is, is that people forget how young Matt Chapman is yeah. as well. Um, I, what is this? His, this will be his fourth season coming up or yep. his fifth? Fourth, fourth season because he filled in after, so Donaldson left in 2015. We got back Brett Laurie, who's my second most hated mm-hmm. player in all of <laughs> baseball. And yeah, um, fans don't like him either. Yeah. And then after he left, then it's like this guy, Matt Chapman, everyone's like, Oh, he's gonna be the next, next Josh Donaldson. And I was like, "Yeah, he he will be." And everyone's like, "No, no." But what do you what do you know? Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Good. Continue. Good point. Yeah. So uh, I think we've seen his. Um, he's a mid eight hundreds OPS, so above average. His WRC plus is around one thirty, um, so thirty percent above average. So um, we have seen him be a pretty good batter. Uh, we've seen his power numbers jump as well. Um, his second season, he's at fourteen home runs. Last season, he was at 24 – or two seasons ago at 24 home runs. Last season at 36 home runs. His isolated power, which is slugging minus batting average, went from 230 in 2018 to 257 last year. So um, big power uh, numbers with that. His batting average did suffer with it. He uh, Two years ago, he was at 278. Last year, he was at 249. So you'd like to probably see him uh, be back up at about 278. Yeah. Um, his OPS went only slightly down last year because he was having the slugging to offset some of the batting average. He's worth 6.1 war last year, um, which a lot of that is defensive war. He had the highest oozer per 50, 150 innings last year, which is basically runs saved by over two runs. Harrison Bader is second. He had 14.8 um, runs saved last year, which is just unbelievable. Uh, he needs to cut down his strikeouts too. So He's a free um, swinger, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I think it, it, what put me above, uh, put him above Rendon for me is I think he is a better batter than last year showed. Um, I think he he doesn't need to work on his defense. So if every single practice all he does is work on his offense, I think he'll be fine. Um, but he needs to figure out how to hit for power and hit for average um, while staying a stud at, uh, at at defending. So yeah, for sure. I mean that's. That's a really good take, and I think that's a great transition into my number three, his high school teammate, Nolan Arenado. I have Nolan Arenado oh. as my number uh, three. Uh, Arenado, as we know, has just been he, – he's solidified just seven-time gold glove winner, three-time platinum glove winner, four-time silver slugger, five-time all-star. The dude's, the dude's nasty. There's no doubt in that. I mean, he's entering his, his 29th age season. Um we know he signed an extension or something like that last year with an opt out after the third or fourth. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this season plays out for him because mm-hmm. no one really knows in his head how he feels about Colorado because, you know, he, he mentioned that he was upset or he voices um, concern, but still like he always says, yeah, but I'm here to play baseball. So yeah, uh, the reason why I have him at number three and not higher um, he has 129 OPS plus. I expect that to be a little bit higher, actually, for someone of his caliber, especially playing 81 home games at um, at Coors Field. And a lot of it's weighted too. I'd love to to see the um, like the weighted runs created and stuff like that. And when they take the measure out of the ballparks and stuff like that, that'd be really interesting to see. The dude still matched 41 home runs, but you know it's a little inflated and whatnot. But 118 RBIs, that's still pretty good. That shows that he's clutch. He's always had a clutch bat, I feel like, because you still got to get those guys in and 
Colorado, they're they're just not that good. It's it's crazy to think that they even made the the postseason in 2017. Or was it 2016? It was 2018. They got swept by the Brewers. Because they beat the Cubs. Ah, tough. Tough. But, uh, I mean, he's the second best defensive third baseman right now. He's been the best for the longest time. But, you know, good old Matty Chapman had to come in the picture. How how sick is that, by the way? Just the left side of the infield, you got Matt Chapman and Nolan Arenado. Like, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Although they're on the same team, both on the Brewers, maybe. Come to Mark, <laughs> oh my God! But yeah, no one or not is my three. That's all I'm going to say on him. It's a solid choice. Um, I guess my number two is I've got Alex Bregman. He's an unbelievable player. He's worth nine point one, and I in my notes I made sure to have three exclamation points next to nine point one WAR last year. Uh, he had point nine more wins than Mike Trout. I'm not going to mention that Mike Trout was out for about a month at the end of the season. I'm just going to say he had point nine more wins than Trout. He has two top five MVP seasons, one silver slugger last year. It's still very young. His BABIP could be higher. It's in the 280s right now. So I think if you uh, put his BABIP in, uh, I guess, have I, do people know what BABIP is? Should I explain what BABIP yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's, sorry, guys. Uh, so BABIP is batting average in ball, of balls in play. So it's basically for every time you hit the ball in into the field of play, what your batting average is with that um so it's in the 280s so if you put him in the 330s um i mean i i I, he hasn't proven to be that kind of guy um i mean he's still obviously very productive with that um he's still hitting over 300 um with over a thousand ops um took a big step forward with fielding last year um i i knocked him a little bit because he was is on the astros and i hate the astros (laughs) Um, but 2017 was his last or his first full season um, so you, you wonder as a rookie how much he, he was partaking in some of that. Um, I think he is probably from here on out, if you're, if you're in a dynasty league, he'd be my number one player, uh, third baseman. I want him on my team the most. Um, his WRC plus was 150 last year. So 50% better than the average player. Um, his defense is getting better, slightly above average right now, but he can, can he become better all around, uh, if he's worth 9.1 war, um, he's already a bona fide MVP type guy, um, but I, I'd like to see a little bit more defensively, and that's why he was not number one for me. Okay, okay, yeah, I have I have Bregman as my number two as well. I think we're right there. Hit the nail right on the head. Um, I wanted to put him back further, just like what I did with uh, Correa and Jose Altuve, because I didn't know, you know, what's what are, what are the road splits, right? Like I, I need to know that. That is what the big thing is for me, because Correa had bad road splits, and Altuve had bad road splits. You know, Alex Bregman hit three fifteen on the road in twenty nineteen, and you know, I think that kind of just showcases that he, no matter what, like the dude is just an absolute stud, just an absolute player, no matter what. You know, he can play shortstop, he can play third base. Um, I think he actually played a couple games at first last year too. But, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. Um, for his size and like what he's able to produce and stuff. By the way, they say he's six foot. That's a bunch of BS. He's five ten. There's yeah, no way yeah. he's six foot. Uh, you can just see on the screen the bat is literally the size of his whole body. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I'm not a big fan of him personally because like you know mm-hmm. the whole cheating allegations and stuff like that. But the dude is still a heck of a player. Uh, he finished second yeah. in the MVP votes last year. Uh, Marcus Simeon unfortunately finished third. Got the silver slugger. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, why? But um, even without, I mean, he led Major League Baseball in 119 walks. 
Think of how astronomic that is from 96, just the year before. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely insane. Just as 20, uh, he's seen more pitches, and I wonder why. But yeah. um, still, though, I mean, he's always been able to hit the contact, and he is a guy who hardly ever strikes out. And yeah. um, I think he is gross. And um, I think he's just going to keep going from here. I mean, he's only 26. So, yeah. Yeah, he just turned twenty six not too long ago, but uh, that's why I have him as my number two. And I think we all know now who our number ones are. If you want to hop you got in there, Eric Sogard is your number number one. I'm hoping. Uh, actually, I don't know. It's Aramis Ramirez. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Casey McGee. Um, so I've got Nolan Arenado as my number one. He, I think the what he is an all around player. Um, that's that's kind of why I put him here. Is that I wanted my number one player to be someone that. Maybe he's not the best batter. Maybe he's not the best defender. But I would say he's the second best batter, or second or third best batter, and then the second best defender. So that's that's why I put him here. Uh, he's never finished below eighth in MVP voting since 2015. He has a Gold Glove every se- season of his career, including his rookie season, which is pretty hard to do. Uh, OPS is 942 since 2016. Um, and I think one of the things I, I dove into, because I think one of the question marks about him is he plays in Colorado. And this is one of the things that you said, um, his, his OPS on the road was 866 last year, which isn't great. Um, but still, still pretty good. 866 is a very good number. Um, his WRC plus, um, weighted runs created taking into account the ballpark factor is above 120 every season since 2015. So it's 20% above league average yep um it's consistently above 35 home runs 110 rbis for the people that are into the counting stats uh, i remember i went to a game uh july it was before the all-star break 2017 and he already had over 100 uh or i think he was at like 70 rbis or something like that and i was just mm-hmm. like what in the world like i look at the brewers and um we maybe had one guy over 30 rbis that season uh, he's averaging over five war per season um, since he came into the league, which war is wins above a replacement level player. Um, so basically he is adding five wins to his team on a, as an average by himself, which uh, that's including his rookie season. So he had a pretty bad rookie season offensively. It took him a little bit to, uh, to uh, get into rhythm offensively. Uh, but I think that shows you if you're over five every year, including your rookie year, um, you're probably a pretty special player, and that's why I've got him number one. And there is no other correct answer for number one. So <laughs> it's arbitrary. It's arbitrary. <laughs> well, I obviously have to disagree with you because I mean I have yeah. Anthony Rendon as my number one. Now, before I say this, guys, like I said, you know the top four, top five, it, it, it's it's subjective. You know, there's going to be different types of players that come into the system, but Anthony Rendon for me has just really just gone above and beyond. It seems like every year he's getting better, and he still has about uh, two. Uh, two to three years in his prime. He's a two-time Silver Slugger. A lot of people, I feel like, underlook Anthony Rendon. Like, even like, let's say the the Nationals don't even make the playoffs, right? Because they almost didn't make the playoffs as a wild card. I team. know they almost lost to the Brewers. Yeah, and then we had uh, Trent Grisham. Thank you, Trent. Yeah, but like now, no one probably would have even talked about him. But then you know the yeah, type of player he exactly. was in the playoffs and stuff like that. But this guy has just been putting in work, putting in work since 2017, especially. Um, he's been very, like, just below average um, from 2016 below. But, dude, since then, just every single year, he has progressed offensively. Uh, he led um, all of Major League Baseball with doubles in 2018 and 2019, both with 44. Uh, led in with RBIs at 126. And that, and that's that's pretty outstanding when you think about that. 126 RBIs in the Washington Nationals. Um I don't know where he hit in the lineup. 
I, I would assume if he had 126, he had to hit before Juan Soto because Juan Soto just snapped. He went off. But Rendon, for still putting up those kind of numbers, getting those guys on base like Michael Taylor, uh, Adam Eaton, Trey Turner, I mean, it, it's insane. I finished third in the MVP votes behind Yelich um, and Bellinger, which, in my opinion, Yelich should have won. And I think yeah, EJ agrees great. with me on that. <laughs> but, um, man, this guy is just incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And um, defensively, I mean, he he's slightly above average. I mean, I mean 6.4 total war. Um, that's one's above replacement, like EJ mentioned. But, um, I mean, he hit 319 last year. It's just hard not to put him in there. And, like, in the postseason as a career, he's hitting 282. Like, the dude is clutch, man. Mm-hmm. The dude yeah. is clutch. And I love that signing with the Angels. Um, I wish Garrett Cole went to the Angels, to be honest with you, because I thought that team was a good fit for him. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. But him and Trout on the same team, that's going to be dangerous. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, what kind of offensive numbers he can put up because this guy had over a thousand OPS um, and he's just absolutely raw but Scottish what is up and happy birthday Jake by the way happy birthday to Jake <laughs> yeah it's happy birthday Jake yep but um but yeah so that is that is our top 10 so we, we'll go ahead and read our list for our top 10 one more time um, I'll read my top 10 first and then you just read yours so here's okay. my uh, 10 to 1 my 10th best third baseman is Jeff McNeil my ninth best is Suarez, Eugenio Suarez. Eighth is Rafael Devers. Seventh is Jose Ramirez. Sixth is Chris Bryant. Fifth is Josh Donaldson. Fourth is Matt Chapton America. Third is Nolan Arenado. Second is Alex Bregman. And number one is Anthony Rendon. And I've got number 11, Keston Hira. Number 10, Rafael Devers. Number nine, Jose Ramirez. Number eight, Eugenio Suarez. Number seven, Chris Bryant. Number six, Jeff McNeil. Number five, Josh Donaldson. Number four, Anthony Rendon. Number three, Matt Chapman. Number two, Alex Trashcan Bregman. And number one, <laughs> Nolan Arenado. Oh, man. Yes, that's our top ten. But real quick, I wanted to ask you, EJ, uh, while, we have yes. everyone, while we have everyone on, and if you're in the chat, please feel free, if you're listening live, to uh, kind of comment and whatnot. What do you think MLB is going to do here with um, all these different phases starting to open up? Do you think, like, how do you think the season's going to be? I talked to Noah about this last week, but I'd love to get your insights if you don't mind. Um, I think the what the what part of the issue is is there's no. I mean, I, the the governing body is the the United States government has left it up to individual governors um, to choose when they want to open their states. Um, so I think you have to kind of leave it up to the MLB for what they're going to do. The problem is, is that it's, if some of the players, I know some of the players are still at spring training facilities. I know I was talking to Brett Phillips last night. He's still in Arizona uh, with the Royals, um, and so. A lot of these players are, are pretty spread out. So getting people back, trap make having them travel back, you can't have a private jet pick any everyone up from their individual homes, as cool as that might be. Um, so I think uh, part of the issue is is how do you stop people from going out? Because you need healthy players. If one person in the MLB is sick, they get their team sick, then it's it's shut oh, down. Snap of a finger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number two, in when I had uh, asked Trevor May about this, um, he people people don't want to leave their families um, that's a, a very valid thing so if you bring the families there where do you keep everyone um because you have to put them all in quarantine and do people really want uh 25 you go 30 times i'm not gonna do the math but 30 times 25 plus families um in one uh, that sounds like a, a giant uh 
pool of uh, virus and bacteria right there. Like I said, if one person gets sick, I think um, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know what the, the correct answer to this is. I think that the, the part of the problem is um, no one knows because no one's mm-hmm. been through this. I think um, there for me, though, I when I see all the, like we need the economy cannot handle being closed for another six months type thing. I mean, people, they need to start opening up now. Um, but how, how do you do that safely? So I think you, you just, you need to, uh, masks or grow. I mean, you, you just need to be smart. I mean, everyone wash their hands. Yeah. I think the three ten, 10 team divisions is nice. Put the, put the brewers in with some of the bad teams, uh, poor favor. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I think you just, you need to be smart and, but I, I don't think forcing things open when they're not ready um, I, I know in Iowa, their cases are pretty much doubling right now, and they're just opening things up because they need to open things up with no restrictions. So, um, yes, yeah, wash your hands too, according to uh, to Nate there. So, one, one, one thing I'd like you? to mention, though, is, you know, a lot of MLB fans, like, yes, we want Major League Baseball back. Like, I want it back, like, yesterday. But mm-hmm. the thing is, a, the big issue is, like, there's kind of a stigma, We and we put – MLB players as objects like we just want to see yeah. this on the field we, we want this live sports but these are people like real people that have families stuff too like you know you, you're gonna have them travel you're gonna like quarantine them in a hotel like that's not a lot of these guys just because they play for like the Milwaukee Brewers doesn't mean they live in Milwaukee you know yeah. they have homes in like Arizona Texas all across the United States so logistically it's they're still trying to figure that out and um, I talked to Noah about it you know, it, it makes sense, and we called it from the get-go that it's maybe, if anything, mid-July, early to mid-July is when maybe we'll mm-hmm. see something. Because you still have to have you have to have at least three weeks of spring training again. Because you can't just baseball isn't like basketball per se, like where you can just jump back in. Like pitchers yeah, have to get, get their the arms, arms loose and yeah. stuff like that, break yeah, up the yeah. amino acids in the arms and stuff like that. And, um, but like regarding the the ten the three ten team divisions, I do actually like that a lot. You know, they're combining the AL East and the NL East to be one, the AL Central and the NL Central to be one, and then the AL West and the NL West to be one. Yeah. So there's your three divisions. The question is though, is like, what are they going to do for playoffs? You know, like playoffs because that's the biggest question. If you have three divisions, because I don't know if Major League Baseball ever was, but I'm pretty sure they used to have three divisions like way back in the day. I don't know though. Don't quote me on that. But like, what do we do? Like, what do you do for the playoffs? Yeah. How do you decide? Because you have, you have one winner in this division, one in this division, one in this division. Okay, there's three. Do you just have wild card yeah. teams? Other than that, like, how do you run differential? How does that? How do you yeah. figure that out? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you might make sense to do uh, the top two in each, and then two wild card overall. Get or you could get ten out of it. I mean, you could go to eight. You could go to ten. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't envy the person who's got to decide um how to do it um because no one's gonna like i mean there's gonna be a people that don't like it no matter what but yeah yeah i think like you were saying i mean just just getting baseball back um is something that's so important but um at what cost are you getting baseball back at um i mean if it means that the second wave if there's a second wave of this is going to hit harder and then we're going to have to cancel the season next season i'd rather just bite the bullet and and be safe, I guess. I, I don't know. But. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. If it's a 100-game season, it worries me as an athletics fan, like, personally, because they always start out slow. Because they always turn it on, you know, in, like, a full 162-game season. 
they always turn it on come mid June and July because they're always mm-hmm. like a forty four and forty team, and then just all of a sudden just exactly boom. It's like it's a, it's stupid, insane how how they just go off, and you know if it's only a hundred games. It's crunch time. It's crunch time. There's yeah. going to be double headers and stuff like that. Now you have the Dodgers in your division, the Astros, mm-hmm. the Angels, even the Rangers. I think the Rangers could be dangerous and people don't even yeah. talk about them. So, like, there's just so many different things that could happen. And it's like, oh, my gosh. But, like, if you do 10 teams, I like that. I, I like that a lot because it kind of it's like a four, four-team wild card in a way. Um, <laughs> exactly. I, I kind of like that. And they could base that off of run differential and whatnot. But um, it's still not going to change the fact that I think the Dodgers will win the World Series if they get in. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they're due. They're, they're, they're they'll they'll get there, and then uh, Clayton Kershaw will give up eight earned runs in <laughs> one third of an inning. So, dude, uh, imagine the I'm Dodgers doing. though playing the Astros. They they're probably going to eat oh, it up. They're going to eat know. it up. Honestly, honestly, some people, pitches are going to be thrown at people's heads, guaranteed. Yeah, that's that's the, that's another thing. It's like. How many times is Bregman going to get hit? How many times is Reddick? Reddick's for sure going to get hit. Like, there's no doubt because yeah. he's same with Correa and Altuve. I, I'd say Correa and Altuve are my number number one, and number two. Just, I mean, Altuve was non-apologetic at all. He was just like, I mean, and and he, I think, well, I think he wasn't the. Was it Springer that was maybe the benefit of the most? I I don't know. I, I looked at the chart. There's one of them that just like. Well, I think Reddick was definitely one of the ones that. I mean, his. His uh, OPS went from like seven ten to like nine eighty that season. <laughs> so, uh, and he's like, we didn't. He's like, we didn't do anything wrong. We didn't do anything like. And I used to like yeah. Josh Reddick a lot. That's why I like. That's yeah. why I started liking the Athletics. Like I yeah. loved him as a player and stuff like that, and just kind of personality he was. Now I'm just like, wow, I'm just an idiot. I'm just an idiot. Yeah. But exactly, um, he fooled you. Gosh, it's insane. Yeah, I think Altuve used it. That's a mastermind guy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Altuve used it the least, but I just didn't like when they had their uh, fan meetup. He's like, he, he didn't. He, they're like, well, so any, any comments about this? And he's just like, we're gonna win it again. And I'm like, just like, I mean, who was the, um, who was the catcher? Uh, he ended ended a season last year in uh, Atlanta. He, Evan is it Gaddis? Evan Gaddis. I think I don't even think he played last year. I think it was maybe 2018. There's there's one of them that he uh, because everyone hates Mike Fires now for whistleblowing. Oh, um, but there's so one tough. of them that uh, he tweeted out a picture of uh, Brian McCann. Brian McCann. Done. Jake says. Oh, McCann. That's McCann, who it that's was. What it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jake. Um, so and he came out. And he apologized. He said like we cheated and stuff. I mean, how hard is it to, to admit you're wrong and move on from it? Like I don't. If if every one of the. I mean, would you feel differently about it if every one of the Astros, um, they had a press conference and they all got up and they gave a heartfelt apology for it? Yeah, I mean, same with Marisnik. When Marisnik first thing he was introduced as the as the Mets in spring training, he's like, hey hey guys, I know there's a lot of speculation. I just want to say I'm sorry. Like I I, I know it was wrong, but yeah. helping to move forward. But like when you're like this, like a security camera. Like Bregman, and like yeah. you're reading off a paper. Like if it's heartfelt, like come on, like you can at least act. Like you, yeah. How hard is it to act? Come on. Like, and do people do people talk about? Uh, I mean, the people that have apologized. I mean, it, you talk about the people like the they're not. He's not going to get hit up in uh, New York. Nope. But I, I don't think he, he will. Altuve is going to get nailed because he he doesn't care. He's doubling down on it. Uh, it's just it's unbelievable. I mean, I've made mistakes and I've owned up to those mistakes and I've apologized for those mistakes. And that's how you, that's how you should live your life as a, 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 I mean, I would say a normal human being, but a good moral human being. Um, and especially since, uh, I think you look at all the pitchers that are out of the league because of their 
outing against them. I mean, I think there were seven pitchers after pitching in a game at home or at Houston that never pitched again in the, in the MLB. Yeah. Freddie Freeman and, mentioned like, it like with one of his buddies, yeah. like real actual close friend and he got sent down to the minors. Yeah. I mean, and what, what do you do? I mean, I think like three or four of those guys are out of baseball completely. Um, and so they're, they lost, I mean, maybe they weren't very good to start with. I mean, they, but they made the major leagues and, uh, if they didn't get shelled in an outing because people are banging on trash cans and tell them where pitches were going and, um, buzzers were going off and, um, yada, yada. I, I, I just, to, to think they, they force people to lose jobs and they're not remorseful about it is I think shocking and appalling to me. Yeah. Yep. But, uh. I think we'll end it on that because we could just go into a rabbit hole for another hour. That is fact. We easily could because <laughs> I have so much I could say. But um, I would love to thank you, EJ. The stash is on fleek. Yeah. It's on point. I love it. I appreciate you coming in as a guest um, this week. That's Noah, cool. hope you feel better. Um, do yeah, you have no. any final things you'd like to say at all before uh, we conclude the podcast? Uh, I just want to remind people that in uh, 20... Yeah, I'm already forgetting it now. Um, <laughs> I, I'll just say, yeah, since 2006, Iowa is three and nine against Wisconsin in football. So I just want people to know that and be aware of it. And it's okay, little brother. So that's all I want to say. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, everyone, thank you all so much. If you're not following on Twitch yet, be sure to hit that that hard button. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Chalk Talk Nation. Follow Preds. Um, we'll. we'll I'll, we'll plug his Twitter in. It's on our uh, Twitter as well. Uh, follow us on YouTube, uh, Chalk Talk Nation. Thank you, Jake. There's the shout-out. Boom. And you, um, be on the lookout. We're going to be hosting uh, EJ's girlfriend here later tonight. It's going to be, um, what is it, kind of like a just chatting. Just just get an hour, uh, yep. just chat. And uh, also, shout-out to Emma. She's got her virtual graduation next week, so everyone make sure to congratulate Emma for her graduating college. Awesome. All right, everyone. You guys uh, take care. Have a good night, and we will see you next Sunday. See ya. See ya.